Praise God. Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Glad you could join us here today. Amen. Let's go right to prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Lord God, we praise you. We magnify thy most glorious name. We thank you for all things, both great and small, O Lord God. And we ask that you be with us here today, O Lord God. Let your precious Holy Spirit minister to every single listener that would be here today, O Lord God. Let their eyes be open. Let their ears be open, O Lord God. Let them come to fully understand what your words are saying to us here today, O Lord. We praise you, Lord God. We magnify thy name. Heavenly Father, I give this time and this space entirely over to you. Take it where you will for your honor and glory and praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen and amen. Praise God again. Pastor Mike here, glad you could join us. And why don't we go straight away to scripture without any wasting of time. Let's go to Psalm 4610. Psalm 4610. Now would be a good time to say that if you don't have your Bible, why don't you hit the pause button, run and grab your, your Bible, and then come back and join us. Bring a highlighter or a pencil or a pen to mark any scriptures that the Holy Spirit uh, uh, so uh, uh, puts on your heart to underline to for further reference. Amen. So again, that's Psalm 4610. Psalm 4610. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Again, the first part of verse 10, be still and know that I am God. What we're going to talk about today is the importance of, uh, and I'm sharing with you something the Holy Spirit put on my heart. Uh, many of you know that uh, this verse of 4610 is one of my favorite scriptures. But we're going to talk about the importance of, of being still and knowing that God is God. And what does that really mean to us today? Okay, because if we can come to understand what God is telling us through the scripture, it can change your life. It can change your life. It can change how you live on a day-to-day -day basis. It can, it can change your relationship with God. It can change your relationship with others even, okay? So we're going to talk about that today. Be still and know that I am God. What does that really, really mean, okay? The Hebrew verb uh, here that is used, is trans that is translated as be still, actually means to stop, to be inactive, to let go and relax. The verb is a command. It's not a request. It says, be still. It doesn't say, oh, will you think about being still? Or could you maybe consider being still? It says, be still, plainly. Be still and know that I am God. Okay? It, it's a command that is also translated as to cease striving. Stop trying so hard. To surrender. To cease and desist. To stop trying to do things your way. To simply to make, make uh, peace. Okay? The most famous or one of the well-known lines in Psalm 46 is verse number 1. And if you read that real quickly with me, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. Okay? When we are surrounded by worries, our God is bigger than anything that could be troubling you, any circumstances that might be in your life that you're trying to carry around and fix for yourself. He's much bigger than that. He is larger than our enemies, anyone that is opposing you, be it at work, in school, or in your neighborhood, or wherever it may be, another family member, whatever it may be. He's much larger than that. He is greater than our troubled hearts. You know, if you're feeling depressed or you're worried about something, he is bigger and greater than that. He is our fortress to protect us from any, any enemies, anything that may be going on, on in our lives that would be trying to come, come against us. He can protect us from, from that, okay? So I want to talk about solutions today. How do, we, how, how do we walk in these words? How do we follow what God is commanding and instructing us to do, to be still and know that he is God? And again, what does that actually mean? What does to be still really, really mean? Okay. And again, I say, we are to cease striving so hard in our own will and ways. That's what gets in our way. 
We try to do things according to our will and according to how we think things should be done. We simply need to stop and be still and surrender this moment, starting from this moment forward. Surrender this moment to God's will. Surrender to God and everything that you, that you have going, going on in your life. Surrender to him and then be still and know that he is God. Amen. Be still and know that he is God. Many, many times, you know, we, we, we grab on so tightly to our own opinions without hearing God's opinion. Okay. So many times we think about what it is that we should do and, and something happens in our lives, our lives. And, and then we start thinking, well, this is my opinion. In essence, you don't say this is my opinion, but you are rendering a conclusion about why something is happening in your life. And therefore that's your opinion of why something is happening in your life. It is not God's opinion. You know, many times we hold on to our hurt. We hold on to our pain. We hold on to our bitterness. Amen. Sometimes we grow impatient with other people that are in our lives because we just don't want to hear anymore. We're fed up. We grow, grow impatient with them. Sometimes we get caught up in our own fears and our own attitudes and our own worries and we lose any and all sense of peace, love or joy. Okay. When we get caught up in those things and we start feeling so down and dejected and everything, we, we wind up losing our sense of peace or joy it might be because you're robbing yourself of it. Okay. Yes, this particular verse commands us to let go. It commands us to relax. It commands us to be still, to cease from our own efforts, to cease from striving and simply surrender to God's will and to God's ways. Be still and know that I am God. We are commanded to be still so that we may see, see that God would say, I am God. That is not you. That is God. But I am God. God is saying. Okay, you got to stop and realize that you are not God, that God is God. That's what this reminds of us. Be still and know that I am God. Not that you are God, but that God is God. Okay, and many times we get caught up with, we feed on our own opinions so much that we start thinking that in essence, we may not say the words to ourselves, I am God, but in essence, we start trying to behave like God because we're trying to solve the, solve the things ourselves and we can't do that. So we need to be still and know that he is God. And not you, but that he is God. God is saying to you right now today, saying, he's saying to you that I am God. Okay? I have created. And I will create anew. God is saying, I have formed. And I will also form again, anew. I have made. And I will also make again, anew. So remember that right now, saying to God, in your life. That God's going to do a new thing. Okay. He's going to form a new thing. He's going to make a new thing. He's going to take you to a place that you haven't been before. You know, we cannot say we cannot see the majesty and the power of, of our mighty God or his goodness many times to us when we get caught up in our own worries, scurrying around with all sorts of anxious, angry thoughts going through our minds. Okay. Our minds get so filled with what's troubling us that we can't see what God is doing in our lives. Because we run around so much, and scurrying is a good word for that, because you're, you're just kind of making busy, you're running around from like a chicken with his head cut off, just trying to figure out how you can fix things in your life. You need to be still and know that God is God. Okay? You need to be still. Okay? God has the answers to all of our problems, and he has peace for your soul today. All right? If you're feeling stressed out about something, something you're worrying about, something is giving you a hard time, God has the answer for you. God can bring peace to your soul. He has the answers to any problems that would be coming your way. Okay? But what happens is that we miss out on his comfort when we are in our emotional flurry. 
Okay, if we're so busy being emotional and running around again like a chicken with his head cut off, you know, then you wind up missing out on the peace and the plan that God has for you. Why? Because you're too busy. You're too busy doing things in and of yourself instead of simply being still. Okay, all right. God has the answers to all of our problems. Okay, therefore, the command to be still and to know is there for us. That's why that command is there. You know, God just didn't write that in idly. I mean, he didn't tell he didn't tell the author he had to just write, oh, be still know that I'm God, just as an idle thought. This is a very, 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 very salient, very important command for us today, especially in the 21st century with what is going on in, in our lives around us. What's going on in the news? What's going on in the world? What are some of the current events? What are some of the things that may be troubling you? We need to be still and know that God is God. Okay? That command is a command. It's not a request. We need to stop, look, and listen to what God is saying. We need to quiet our minds and listen for God to speak. We need to quiet our minds and listen for God to speak. Well, you probably say, okay, Pastor, easy for you to say, but how do we do that? Okay, well, that's exactly what I'm saying to you. How do we do that? Amen. And that's what we're going to talk about. Okay? How do we do that? Well, well doing that, it's a discipline that does indeed require work. Okay, it requires some work, okay, because our minds are not naturally a quiet place. Okay? Be still and knowing that God means be and know that God is God means that we need to at some point be still. Okay? And that's very, very hard to do. It's something that we have to cultivate in our lives. We have to cultivate it in our Christian walk. We have to cultivate it in our day-to-day -day walks even, okay? Because our minds are not by nature, are not a quiet place. Okay, okay, even there are some of you that are listening to this message, and I guarantee you, I bet you dollars to donuts that someone out there, their mind is drifting away. And I pray that if that, those words captured you, you, your attention, then bring your mind back into focus as to what we are talking about here today, because our minds are very, very busy. Our minds are very, very busy. And you can see that, and you can witness it by looking at someone that you're talking to, okay? And, and, and you can see when you have their attention and when you've lost their attention. Okay, I always, say, I always say to anyone doing public speaking to pay attention to the faces of the audience, to the people to whom you're speaking. Look at their eyes, look at their faces, because you can see when someone's mind is drifting away. Our minds are very, very busy places. So we have to work. We have to work at, at, at being still and knowing that God is God. Okay, distractions are, are, are everywhere. Okay, but there are steps that we can take to minimize those distractions and quiet our thoughts. We can do that, and there are some ways that we can do that, even in the midst of our very, very busy lives, okay? And this is what we want to talk about, you know? How do we make our minds be still? Easier said than done. Easier said than done. I mean, how many times have you watched a movie, and then, you know, while the characters are talking or acting, you know, your mind drifts into something else that's going on, especially if you've got something troubling you. Okay. How many times have you read a book and you wind up rereading the same page because you find your mind drifting and what you were reading did not even sink in and you have to turn the page and go back to where you were so you can kind of catch up again. Our minds are very, very busy and especially in these days and times that we have before us. Okay. We need to have a, a quiet pause. Okay. We need to have a quiet pause in our days. Every single day, we need at least one quiet pause. We need to make space for listening to the most important voice of all, the voice of God. Okay? We need to be able to put on the brakes at some points in the day so we can have this quiet pause, so we can listen to the very, very, the most important voice in all of our lives, and that's the voice of God. I mean, we listen to everybody else. 
Listen to your mother, your father, your brother, and your sister, some relative, your boss, you know, someone in the store that you may hear that sounds like, you know, they have a tidbit of knowledge and information that may help you in your situation. You'll listen to that. But how often do you put on that pause to listen to the most important voice? And that's the voice of God. Okay. We all get advice from somebody, you know, and especially if in your heart of hearts you are seeking advice, you're wanting advice, the devil knows that, and he'll send the wrong person along your way to give you some input into how to solve your problem, okay? You don't need to listen to those voices. You need to, to be able to put a pause in your life so you can listen to the most important voice, and that's the voice of God, amen? When we listen for God, we might also consider these scriptures that we're going to go to next, and I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to uh, 1 Kings 19, 1 Kings 19, verse number 19, I'm sorry, verse number 1, 1 Kings 19, verse number 1, 1 Kings 19, verse number 1, okay, and where we're going to pick up here from is uh, the backstory here is that in the preceding verses, chapter there, um, uh, or, um, Elijah had slain those 400 prophets of Baal. You know, you may recall that. It's an interesting read. Go back and read it. But, but in other words, the prophets of Baal, you know, they, would, they challenged uh, Elijah to, to who could uh, bring fire down from heaven, etc. And an interesting story, interesting set, uh, set of events. You know, and obviously, you know, Baal, their God, did not answer and set the sacrifice on fire. But Elijah called out to our God, and God did, you know, set down the fire and so forth. And, and 400 of those prophets were then slain, okay, by Elijah. So now that's the backstory there. So now in chapter 19, verse number 1, uh, and Ahab told Jezebel, Ahab was Jezebel's her husband, uh, all that Elijah had done, killing of the prophets, and with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. So now she's sending out a mighty threat to Elijah. Okay, because you killed those prophets, I'm going to make your life miserable. I'm going to do the same to you. Verse 3, And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life. This is Elijah. When he saw that, he arose and went for his life, and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree and he requested for himself that he might die and said, it is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life for I am not better than my father's. Let's pause there for a minute. He saw what God did in slaying those uh, in, in uh, setting down fire from heaven. I mean, Elijah was a mighty man of God, okay? Now, because of this one threat from this woman Jezebel, all of a, all of a sudden now, he's, he's having a pity party, and he's feeling sorry, and he's saying, gee whiz, I wish it is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. There's a pause there for a minute, Elijah. All, everything that he had done, seen the mighty works of God, and this one woman sent out a threat. I say, peradventure, that you have seen some mighty works of God in your life. That you've seen God do some, perform some, really some outrageous things to get you out of difficulty. You've seen the awesome work of God's hand. Don't let just one thing, one threat that is coming from one person or from a group or from a letter or from an email, from a phone call. Don't let that one thing make you feel so worthless that you are just ready to give up. Think back to what God has already done for you. Think back about the many times that God has shown you the power of his might in your life. Think about how he delivered you from things in the past. Don't let the threat of one person or one set of circumstances just get you to the point that you just want to give up the way Elijah's doing here. 
shame on him for wanting wanting to give up after being the mighty man of God that he is. Amen? Amen? But he's a human being. This clearly shows us too that he is a human being. Okay? Now, verse number six. And he looked and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. So he's preparing him, giving him sustenance. God will also give you sustenance for any journeys that you may have before you coming up. Amen. Journey is too great for thee. Eight. And he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat 40 days and 40 nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came, uh, came to him and he said unto him, what doest thou here, Elijah? So God's saying, and why are you here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant. They've thrown down your altars, slain thy prophets with the sword, and I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind rent the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. Underline that, please. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. Underline, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. Verse 12. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. Underline, please. After the fire a still, small voice. And it was so, when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering in of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? Again, God is saying, Why are you here? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, slain thy prophets with the sword, and I only I am, uh, and they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said unto him, Go return on the way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when thou comest, anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shalt thou anoint king of Israel, and a son of, 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 uh, of Abel, Maliah, shalt thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. Now just underline in, in verse number 15, Go, return on thy way. At that point, God is giving him some direction, okay? So he got Elijah's attention. He got Elijah's attention, okay? Notice that God's voice came to Elijah as a still, small voice, a gentle whisper. We have to be quiet to hear a whisper, okay? If there's noise going on in your house and someone starts talking to you in a whisper, you can't hear that person. You need to have some quietness. But if I'm talking to you in a loud voice, you know, then obviously you can hear me. But if I'm whispering, in order for you to hear what I'm saying, you need to be quiet. You need to have some still that is around you. Elijah witnessed a great and strong wind that tore apart the mountains and shattered the rocks. Then an earthquake came along and shook the earth, and then a fire even raged. But after this massive display of power and might, Elijah recognized that still small voice, a gentle breeze, a gentle whisper. God wanted Elijah to learn to recognize the breeze of his presence, the whisper of his voice. God wanted him to be conditioned to hear these quieter things of him. God communicates in various ways, and this time God wanted Elijah to learn to recognize him in the quiet and still calmness. Okay? 
With all the earthquake and the rocks tumbling down, God wanted Elijah to be in a position to hear him at this quiet time, at this calmness, the whisper of his voice. In quiet and stillness of our souls, we too can recognize the spirit of God and see his mighty greatness. Okay? In the stillness and quiet of our souls, we too can learn to recognize the spirit of God. Okay? The spirit of God and see his mighty greatness. We can learn, we can learn to cease our own striving and rest in God's ability as our creator and savior. Okay? We can learn to stop striving to do it ourselves and simply rely and rest that God has the ability. He's the creator of all that is. He's the creator of you. He holds your hand in the palm of his hand. We need to learn to listen in quietness and recognize the power of his might. He is the one with the ideas. God is the one with the plans. God is the one with the solutions to whatever it is that you're going through. God has the wisdom that to impart unto you for all of the circumstances that are going on in your life. Not just the easy things, but the most challenging and most difficult things. God has the answer. God is indeed there for you. Amen. God, who has created all, everything, all, and fills our hearts with faith, wants us to simply trust him. To simply trust him alone who is able to make all grace abound to us for his glory. God wants your life going smoothly. God wants your life to be one where you are on top. God wants you to be the one to have your life run like you're, you're victorious because that glorifies him. How can you go glorify God in your life if you're suffering, if you're walking around with your head hanging low, if you're feeling dejected, if you're worrying all the time, if you're crying all of the time? How are you glorifying God in your life? That is not the way he wants you to live. Amen? But you have to get to the point that you stop the striving, you stop the scurrying, that you make a quiet time for yourself so that you can hear the still small voice of God in your life. God's got the answers. Who else do you want to talk to? Your next door neighbor doesn't have the answer. A relative of yours doesn't have the answer. Amen? 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 Your peer, your classmate, your co-worker, they don't have the answer. Only God has the answer for the deeper things of your life. God has the answer for all things in your life. But you have to know how to find that quiet time, to find that quiet place, to cultivate that pause in your life where you can hear the still, small voice of God. Our complete and utter dependence on him keeps our human souls from being lifted up in our own conceit and knowledge. Okay? Being still and learning, learning to be still and know that he is God keeps us in a place where we don't get so puffed up in ourselves that we think that we are the answers to any success that we've had. Right? You know, you know, human beings by our, our nature, you know, we, we get so puffed up in self if we don't, 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 don't really practice keeping God first and foremost in our lives and remembering that he is God, amen, that when things get accomplished in our lives, we think of ourselves as doing it ourselves. We give ourselves pats on the back. Gee whiz, we break our arms reaching around to pat ourselves on the back. Amen. Job well, job well done, me. <laughs> you know? Job well done, me. You did, you did good on that one. You forget about what God did in your life. Amen. Amen. So, 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 so learning to be still and, and, and know that he is God helps us to keep our souls um, at the point that it should be knowing that he is God and not lifting and elevating our own conceit and knowledge above God. Be still and know that he is God, not you. Be still and know that he is God. When we find God in quietness and in trust, we find everything that we need. Everything that we need. 
Let's go to Isaiah 30, uh, chapter 15. Isaiah 30, chapter 15. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Isaiah 30. I'm sorry, Isaiah chapter 30, verse number 15. Sorry. Isaiah 30, verse number 15. For thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest shall you be saved. In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength, but you would not. Okay? But you would not. Then he goes on to say in 16, But you said, No, for we will flee, flee upon horses, therefore shall you flee. And we will ride upon the swift, therefore shall they that pursue you be swift also. One thousand shall flee at the rebuke of one, at the rebuke of five shall ye flee till you be left as a beacon upon the hill, the top of a mountain, and as an ensign on the hill. Okay? But the operative verse is there, verse number 15. So, for thus saith the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest shall you be saved. Underline that. In returning and rest shall you be saved. In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. Okay? That's where your strength is. Okay? Okay? You, you shall be saved in the quietness. Because when there's this quietness, this is when God can come into your life. He goes on to say, but he's saying that, that however, many of you are not going to do that. He says in 16, uh, for you will flee upon horses, but they will flee after you also. Okay, if you don't learn how to be quiet, you wind up fleeing from those things that are pursuing you in life. You wind up fleeing and running from and having emotional breakdowns and all sorts of emotional disturbances in your life because you're fleeing instead of learning to do what God says, that in returning and rest shall you be saved, in quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. Amen. That's where your, your strength. So God is telling us, he says, you now to be still, know that I am God. And now he's talking about being quiet and being still. Okay, okay. Because if you're not being quiet and if you're not being still, it's very, very difficult for you to realize and to be still and know that he is God. If you're running around, if you're fleeing and you're trying to, to run from your own problems or to solve your own problems, the only one that you're having confidence in, in is yourself. Or maybe your next door neighbor or your coworker, a family member, whomever else it is that you might be listening to. Okay? So you wind up continuing to flee. Okay? And we can't do that. We must learn to trust him enough to simply to be still and know that he is God. Okay, you know, I, I think also that 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 uh, I think about how Jesus went off to lonely places and, and prayed, Amen. Why don't we turn to Luke five? Luke five, verse number eleven. Luke five, verse number eleven. Okay, and when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. And it came to pass, when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy, who seeing Jesus, uh, who seizing, seeing Jesus, uh, sorry, fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me whole, clean. And he put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will, be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. And he charged him to tell no man, but go and show thyself to the priest and offer for thy cleansing, according as Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But so much of the but so much the more went there a fame abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. And he withdrew himself, verse sixteen underline, please, and he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. Withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. Okay? 
So, so here the story is, I mean, he was doing all of this healing. The multitude was following him. I mean, he was a busy man. But then it says there that he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. So he went alone and prayed. Even Jesus needed that alone time. Jesus needed that quiet time. Jesus needed that alone time, that alone, that alone time we could reach out to the Father, you know? I also think about the Garden of uh, Gethsemane where he went along out to pray. Remember he told Peter and then he said, you stay a while, you know, tarry a while, stay here. And remember they, they fell asleep while he went off to pray. He went off by himself. Jesus knew he needed that alone time. He needed that quiet time. We have to remember the same thing in order, we can, in order for us to hear God's voice. God spoke to Jesus the whole time that he was on this earth. He was also, he, while he was God, okay, he was also very much a human being. He hungered. He required sleep. He also knew that he had to get away from the busyness from, of the multitude, from the scurrying that the world was doing. And he needed some time with the Father where he could recharge and hear the voice of the Father and get a spiritual recharge, if you will. Well, so do you need that spiritual recharge, okay? And if you've been walking in the Lord long enough, you know, and you, maybe you don't recognize what's going on, but sometimes in, in your life, you know, you get this feeling of just being so exhausted and just fully exasperated. You don't know which end is up, and you just feel so, like, like the weight of the world is on you. When you start feeling like that, that means that you need a spiritual recharge, okay? That means you need a spiritual recharge when you start feeling like that. If you're a child of God, you're a born-again, blood-washed Christian, and you've been reading the Word of God, and you've been praying and so forth, and we all get caught up in so many things, the natural things of life many times, that we just get so 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 are, um, so burdened, you know, so engulfed in the things of life, quote-unquote, that you start feeling totally depleted, you need a spiritual recharge. This is when you need to get away, get away. You need to go off in solitude where you can be with the Father. Okay, okay. Where you can get reconnected to the vine, which is Jesus, to get that recharge into your spirit. Okay, you need that. You know, my own experiences in hearing God and God speak to me also come during the quiet times as well. Many of the sermons and everything that are on that you, I wind up putting on here, uh, preaching on, on here, are things that during the quiet time where the Lord has spoken to my heart. You know, the Lord has spoken to me and said, this is what I want you to share. Many times God will speak to me, and it's for my own edification, obviously. It's for my own edification. But there are specific times when God says, this is what I want you to share with my people. Okay? But you can only hear that during those quiet times. Amen? You cannot be surrounded by the noise of life and expect to really, really hear from God. Okay? Now, do I hear God in an audible voice? Well, I, yes, I've heard him call my name. Okay? Beyond a shadow of a doubt, I've heard him call, him, call my name. Okay, but most of the time it, it, it's a knowing that is deep within my spirit that God is speaking to me. And this is the same thing that you will experience if you start seeking him, you know, seeking him and worshiping him in spirit and in truth. God is the spirit and he will communicate with your spirit. Okay, Holy Spirit that is in you will communicate with your spirit and you will have this quiet knowing that this is what God wants you to do. You'll have this quiet knowing that the thing that you're praying about, the things that is troubling you so much right now, you have this knowing deep within your spirit that this is God. This is the Lord God creator of all that there is. El Shaddai that is speaking directly to you and is telling you, this is what I want you to do. This is where I want you to go. This is what I want you to release unto me. Stop holding on to it so tightly. Give it up and give it to me. And then I shall give you peace. You'll hear that quiet, that still voice. This is how God speaks to me. And this is how I'm no one special. I am but his servant. I am but a messenger. The same thing God wants to do for you. The same thing God will do for you if you just give him the chance. 
Be still and know that he is God. Seek that quiet time. Practice having a quiet time with God. You know, I hear God sometimes when I'm reading the Bible, the meaning of a certain verse, and I'm sure you've had this happen to you. Maybe something that you've read many, many times over will, will suddenly become more clear. It'll be like a light bulb going off in your life, in your, in your, in your life where this word all of a sudden now makes more sense than it ever did, than the many, 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 many other times that you read all of a sudden this word, this particular passage, this scripture, that part of the verse uh, means so much that it becomes crystal clear. Okay, This is what happens when, guess what? When the Holy Spirit illuminates God's words within you. Okay, you see, this is the difference between some people that memorize the Bible. And they are some in, you know, God bless them. You know, you can say 2 Corinthians 5, 7. They can spout off the words to you exactly what it is. Okay, but, but the Holy Spirit illuminates what those words really, really, really mean for you. We are not... We are not parrots whereby we uh, learn a phrase written in the Bible and then simply mimic it and repeat it back. Simply repeat it back. You know, we were somewhere at a zoo and uh, to my surprise, I, I saw a, a, um, a, a crow inside the cage and I walked by looking at the thing. I heard it say, hello, hello, it's clearly Isabel. And I turned around, stopped in my tracks. I called my wife and some other family members who were there. I said, this bird talks. And they said, no. No, and surely enough, hello, hello. And so then I started repeating back to the word, oh, hello, hello. And the trainer said to me, no, don't do that because you'll confuse him. That's his training word. You can say good morning to him, but don't repeat to him, hello, hello. That's his training word. And she went on to say, all they're doing is mimicking a sound. All they're doing is mimicking a sound. They have no understanding of what the word hello means. Okay. So if you don't have the Holy Spirit deep within your spirit, linked to your spirit, and illuminating the word of God to you, okay, then all you are doing when you quote back the word of God is you're being just like that crow. You're simply parroting or mimicking back what you've read, but you have no real understanding or no real illumination as to what the word of God means or is saying to you or how it should be guiding you. And we all know people like that that can quote the word of God and spout it off, but, but, but there has no meaning. There's no meaning there relative to what the Word of God is really saying. Amen. So, so, so we, we need to have that, that, that quiet time so that we can hear the Holy Spirit just witnessing to us and giving us exactly what it is that, that uh, He wants to tell us. There are times that when you read the Bible, you might not even feel that there was no, any dynamite revelation at that particular time. Okay, you may read the Bible and you can say, okay, well, that was interesting. That was a good, good time that I had of reading the Bible and maybe it means nothing to you. Okay, but then at the appropriate time, at the appropriate time when God wants you to clearly understand and apply that scripture to your life. Okay, with crystal clarity, those words, that passage, those scriptures, those verses will come back to you with crystal clear application to your particular situation. And you will remember the time that you read it. This is what feeding on the word is all about. This is what getting the word of God deep down within your spirit so that you don't understand it from head knowledge. You understand it and you, you, you digest it with spiritual knowledge and spiritual understanding. That's the difference. Okay? There are some that are gifted enough to memorize the whole Bible from cover to cover, from Genesis to Revelation. God bless them. But, but how much do they really know in terms of practical application to their life experience? And this is what going to church is all about. This is what praying is all about. This is what reading the Bible is all about. God just didn't give us this whole Bible just so that we can memorize and just quote it back and look like we know a lot. God gave us these words and whatnot so that we can live victorious lives. That's the whole thing. While he put us here on this earth, we all have a role. We all have a purpose 
in life. The devil recognizes uh, 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 the, the fact that you are a child of God and he wants to stop you. So God gave us these words so that we can take these words and use them as a weapon, you know, to, to, to lob off the head of the enemy when he comes at you. And then understanding his word when God says, be still and know that I am God. So during the execution of what God wants you to do, what God has planned for your life, make sure that you maintain understanding that God is God and not you. That you cannot solve your problems. Only God can solve those problems. And if I know that God is God and, that God, that, that, and I need to be still as he commanded me to do, then how do I be still? Lord, help me to be still. Help me to be still. Again, I say it's something that we have to practice, something that we have to cultivate. Okay? Right, right. You know, and, and when God speaks to you too, when He starts speaking to you, you need to make sure you know that it's God. God will never contradict His word. God is not going to contradict His word. God is not going to tell you something that cannot be found in the Bible. Okay, and we all know people that have done that, that have talked about things, and and it just doesn't resonate in your spirit. It just doesn't sit well. It, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like no, that's not the word of God that I'm hearing there. Okay, and if you know the word of God, you know God's voice. Amen. You know God's voice. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Okay? You know God's voice. Therefore, when you hear something that is not of God, you'll recognize the difference very, very quickly. Okay? Very, very quickly. God will never, ever, ever contradict his word. Therefore, we should always be prepared to test everything that we hear against scriptures. Okay? People will come out of the woodwork to give you advice. People love to ask advice. You know? <laughs> you know, that's one of the good things about the internet. One of the good things about the internet. You, you, you know, people love to get and give advice. Almost any subject in the world, okay, you can type in, go into Google or some other search engine, and you can find input on that particular subject matter. People love to give advice. Now, even with the internet, that you need to make sure that what you are reading is certainly there. You know, it, it's of God, especially if it's something that that's, that you're reading um, that is pertaining to Christianity or God, the Lord Jesus, or anything else that your Christian walk. Need to make sure that what you're saying is in, in line with the Word of God. But even if it's something that's dealing with how to fix a car, you need to even pray about that. Make sure that what you found on YouTube, the video you found on YouTube, you, you know, is doable, makes sense, and even pray about that. So what I'm saying to you is that there are people out there that are more than willing to give you information, to give you guidance, to give you, quote-unquote, their insights. But are those insights in line with the Word of God? Okay. And you especially need to understand that today with what is going on in the world, going on in the news, and making decisions about your personal life. You need to make sure that the person that you're listening to on TV, that you happen to be watching or reading in the paper or online or whatever, you need to make sure that that is in line with God's will for your life. Okay? Okay? Make sure. Search the scriptures. Again, the, the, the key is especially pertaining to the things of your Christian walk with the Lord. God will never say anything that is not in line with the word, with his word. And you need to search the word of God to make sure that what you're hearing is indeed with the word of God. And we see an example of that. Go to Acts, Acts 17. Acts 17, verse number 10. Acts 17, verse number 10. Acts 17, verse number 10. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, uh, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether these things were so. Underline, search the scriptures daily whether these things were so. 
Okay, so these Jews who say they're you, you know who are more noble, in other words, they, they were, were, were more more involved or, or more aware, so to speak, uh, than those that were in, Th in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with, with readiness of mind. They were, in other words, they were eager to receive the word, but it says they searched the scriptures daily to prove whether those things were so. Okay, so that's because you hear someone saying something and, and they're saying, you know, thus saith God, even okay. Thus saith the Lord, okay, you make sure you bounce that against scripture, okay, what you're hearing. Jesus said elsewhere in scripture that Jesus said, many will come in my name. There'll be many, many false prophets that are out there. So don't be so quick to swallow hook, line, and sinker every time somebody says something to you, and thus saith the Lord. You make sure that thus saith the Lord is what the word of God says God, God would say in your life. Amen. 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 During the quiet time that you're seeking with him and you want to be still and know that he is God, don't let some counterfeit come across your path and make you think that this is God speaking to you. You get to the point that you have a, a, a good sound understanding of what the word of God says and what God's voice sounds like in terms of when someone is delivering a so-called prophetic message over your life. Okay. And be careful where you go. There are many, 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 many false prophets out there. That are so willingly and so quick to say, thus saith the Lord. You make sure that thus saith the Lord is in accordance with what the word of God says. Amen. 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 God will, God will, will, will speak to us, but we can miss out on what he's saying because we're simply not listening. You know? You know? Don't go pursuing here this be still and know that I am God and, and developing this quiet time and where you're, you're wanting God to talk to you. And then when he does talk to you, you miss what, what he's saying to you. Okay? Don't let blockages be in the way. So how can we quiet our minds and minimize the distractions that get in the way of hearing from God? How can we quiet them down? It's easy for us to talk about now, but what are some specific steps? Well, one, number one is place yourself in an environment that helps you to concentrate. Amen? Amen. You need to find a quiet corner or room that is away from, from, many distract, from any distractions. So find a quiet place. You've heard me say many times about using your bathroom, you, you know, because that's one quiet place that you can block out all disturbances and all noise from around you. But find some place where you can, can be away from distraction. Number two, talk to God about what you're reading in the Bible when you pray. You know? Talk to him about it. Treat it like a conversation. Leave space and quiet for him to respond. Okay, if this particular area of scripture or some scriptures you're about to read, then talk to God about it. Lord, I just read so-and-so and so-and-so, so what does that mean? Or how does that apply to me? Lord, does that apply to my situation? I mean, talk to him. You know, the important thing for us to develop, and you've heard me say this before, is to develop this conversational tone with God. Okay, King James Bible is written with the these and the thous. God understands everyday language, everyday language. You've got something troubling you in your heart. You can talk to him in everyday language. You don't have to say thousand these. Amen. Amen. God knows your heart. You know, so, so get into developing a conversation with God when you're reading the Bible or before you start to read it and after you read it also for that matter. Okay. Number three is don't fight distracting thoughts by trying to avoid them altogether. Okay. Don't try to fight distracting thoughts by trying to avoid them altogether. Why? Because the more you focus on what you don't want to think about, that's what you wind up thinking about. Okay. One of the hardest, hardest things in the world is to not focus on something you don't want to think about because you start thinking about that more because you're trying to dismiss the thought. Okay. How we should handle those kind of thoughts is almost kind of, kind of think about yourself. You, you know, think of it as though, you know, you're sitting, you're sitting on a bench by the side of a busy freeway and you see the cars coming along. You see the car and you see the car go by. Okay. That thought comes in. You see the thought. You let that thought go by. You don't spend time thinking about, about dismissing it. 
Okay, pull it down in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I pull I, I pulled down that thought. I do that thought in the name of Jesus. Let it go by. All right, don't keep spending minutes and hours and days thinking or not thinking about that because by the fact of you thinking thinking about not thinking about it, you are thinking about it. Okay, and then that becomes such a distraction that you can't be still and know that God is God. Amen. Number four is to choose a short phrase or, or, or sentence or verse from the Bible and meditate on it. Read it and reread it several times until it really sinks in. Try 4610, be still and know that I am God. You know, meditate on that, be still. What does be still really, really mean? Well, like I said, you know, the translation of that is to cease from doing it yourself, to stop. Take peace in knowing that God is God is who he says he is, who he promises to be. Amen. Amen. And number five is find a time to pray and meditate that works for you and stick to that time. Set a time, that quiet time. Okay. Okay. And stick to that particular time. All right. The first thing in the morning works for a lot of people. Maybe it does for you. Some people are morning people. Some people are evening people. I mean, whatever works best for you, but set aside that time, that quiet time and stick to that time. If it's 630, don't let anything get in your way. No one or whatever. Okay. And this is when, too, I say to you dollars to donuts. I bet you dollars to donuts. When some people start knowing you're setting aside, say 630, be it 630 a.m. or 630 p.m., the devil will have a way of sending people your way. A phone call, an email or something will pop up to keep you from spending that quiet time with God. Okay. We find it with people going to church. Someone will come up, you know, oh, I need some help. I need some help. Just when you're ready to step out the door to get into your car to avert you from going to church, to prevent you from going to church. Amen. So, so, so establish that quiet time, whatever is good, morning or evening or, or midday, whatever works for you and stick to that particular quiet time. Okay. And the last step here, step number six is to start small. Start small. Okay. Baby steps is what will get you started. You know, you know, after you hear this message, I mean, it's great if you really feel enthusiastic and you want to jump in with hook, line, and sinker with both feet and everything, and that's great if you're ready to stick to it, okay? If not, start small, you know, start off actually by, 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 by trying five minutes, you know? If you're not used to sitting quietly with just you, the Lord, and your Bible, then you're not, start off with simply five minutes, okay? And then graduate, you know, go up gradually to five, 10, and 15. You know, and the idea is to start, start easy as something that is easy for you to do, because the thing that is the most important here is you being successful in doing it. OK, the most important thing is that you being successful in doing it. OK, so if you're successful in doing it for five minutes, the next thing you know, 10 minutes won't be so hard. Next thing you know, 15 minutes won't be so hard. And it'll go on and on and on and on until you are there as long as the Lord wants you there. Amen. As long as the Lord wants you there. Okay, I remember starting out in this. I mean, there were times that I tried to pray and keep it to a schedule. And as I got more in tune with the Lord and everything like that, I remember a couple of times I got up off my knees to, to go and I heard the Lord say to me distinctly, tarry a while, stay. I want to spend more time with you. And it was such a compelling feeling where this was Lord God, the creator of the universe, desiring me, measly, puny me, to spend more time with me, that he touched me. It touched my spirit. And so I stayed. Amen. So start off small. You don't have to start off great. Start off, start off small and then let it grow, but be consistent. That is the key. The habit of listening is something that you can improve upon and develop. It doesn't come easy. It doesn't happen overnight. It isn't something that should happen so easy overnight because then you may not be putting your all into it, you know, with a little practice and intention, with a little, 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 little intention there where you, I intend to do this and not get distracted from it. You can strengthen your ability to quiet your mind and to meditate. 
Amen. The quiet your mind, it can be done. Listen for God's voice. Listen for his voice. He has something to tell you. He has something today to say to you, especially if you're troubled, especially if you're having a hard time. Listen to this message again and just simply just go on and go into the to your, your prayer closet, your quiet space. Lay aside, set aside that quiet time and just start off praying and then listening for his voice. He will indeed talk to you. He has a solution to your problem. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I hope this message was a blessing to you. And uh, if this message was a blessing to you, why don't you uh, pray about sharing it with someone else? We can be reached at www.genesis1, one word, www.genesis1.sermon.net. Okay, and when you get there in the upper right-hand corner, you'll see a subscribe button. Click on that subscribe button, and then you'll be notified whenever these broadcasts are made available. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. So be blessed, and let us close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time that we've had with you, Lord God. And we pray, O oh Lord God, that these words, let them go to the north and to the south, to the east and the west, O oh Lord God, to minister and to set the captives free, O oh Lord God. All of those that are being troubled, O oh Lord God, all of those who are suffering, all of those that are carrying burdens, O oh Lord God, let them learn and let them, let them learn to be still and to know that you are indeed God. Let them learn to quiet their spirits and to spend that quiet time with you so that they may know that you indeed are God and to be still because you are indeed on the case. You're working for them and you're working in them, O Lord. We praise you, Heavenly Father. We glorify thy name. Go forth this day, I pray in the name of Jesus and be blessed. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen, and amen.